Good evening. We are in the middle of discussing the halachas of the three weeks, and we now need to move on to the halachas of the nine days. In the previous year, we discussed at length the relevant halachas for the time from the fast, which begins this Wednesday night at sunset, until the Rishchidosh Av, which is in one and in two weeks' time. Wednesday, two weeks. We're now going to discuss from Rishchidosh Av until Tishabov and Bez Hashem in the coming year, which will be the last one of, of this period before the summer holidays, we'll discuss Bez Hashem the halachas of Tishabov itself. And perhaps, if we have time, some relevant halachas for the holidays. So, the nine days, as we commonly call them, which is the days from Rishchidosh Av until Tishabov and beyond, uh, till Chatzos the next day, which uh, when we discuss Halachas of Tishbov, we'll discuss this year's uh, Tishbov and this year's Yud Ba'av, which is on a Friday, and the differences between an average year and this year. But the nine days has eight different separate groups of Halacha, separate titles of Halacha, which we need to discuss one each one separately, each one in, in its in its own uh, parameters to understand the halachas which are relevant to that group of halachas. And that is eight different groups of halachas. That is the Issa Lilvoish Big Day Shabbos. The halachas are not wearing Big Day Shabbos in the nine days. The, I can't call it a prohibition, but the reducing of building, that means minimizing building of simcha, building that is for uh, to make a person happy. The Issa to wash clothes, the Issa Lechabes Begodim, the Issa to wash clothes. Then number four is the Issa to wear clean clothes. This outside of the Issa to wash clothes is another category of Issurim where it's prohibited and forbidden for us to wear clean clothes. The Issa Lechabes Begodim, another prohibition in rectifying mending clothes. Issa Lechabes Begodim Chadoshim, an Issa to buy new clothes. Issa the Issa to wash oneself, and the Issa Achidas Basaviyayim, it's forbidden to eat meat and wine. We're going to go through each one of those categories and uh, elaborate on the halachas that are relevant to each category. So starting off with the halacha of Ein Loshim Big Day Shabbos, in the nine days, from Rishchidosh, that's from the Wednesday, from Rishchidosh, Tuesday night, up until the day after Chatzos, after Tishabov on Yud Ba'av, one may not wear Big Day Shabbos. One may not wear Big Day Shabbos at all, other than Shabbos itself, which we will discuss in a moment, one may not wear Big Day Shabbos. Big Day Shabbos is something that's only worn when one's in, in a state of simcha. Wearing Shabbos, Big Day Shabbos in the nine days is minimizing the availus of the Beis Amikdash, and therefore Big Day Shabbos is forbidden. However, there are one or two exceptions. And that is if a person is making a bris, he, he has a child, a baby boy, and he is being machnis, his son, in the British of Avram Avinu. Then the father of the child, the sandak and the moil, and the wife of the the woman of the kvata. The kvata is the couple that will bring the baby into the room and uh, give it to the father so the bris can take place. And the woman of the kvata can definitely wear big day shabbos. The man kvata is a machleks in the poskim, though there are many who are mekel. Mishnabura is machmir, but there are many who are mekel. 
Even on Shabbos, it's a discussion in the Paskim and Minhagim whether one should wear Big Day Shabbos or not. And we mention this every time in our shul, the historic Minhag was probably not to wear Big Day Shabbos. We don't change the Pereiches in in Shabbos Chazoyim. We do not change the Pereiches to a Shabbos Pereiches. We leave it as a weekday Pereiches. Rabbi Feldman Zechayin Levrocha did not wear Big Day Shabbos on a Shabbos Chazoyim. He still wore his short jacket. However, it's become accepted, even in our shul. I don't know if there's any, anybody else other than maybe Rabbi Yossel Shisha, who should have Arichas Yom Vishonim, who do not put on their Big Day Shabbos for Shabbos Chazoin. Almost everybody wears Big Day Shabbos for Shabbos Chazoin, because it's based on the God who says that there's a halacha, when it comes to Avelis, you mustn't have Avelis Befahesia on Shabbos. Public Avelis is forbidden on Shabbos, and the God learns that wearing clothes in public, weekday clothes in public on Shabbos is a public expression of Morning, which mustn't be expressed on Shabbos, and therefore it's become accepted now that one wears Big Day Shabbos on Shabbos. During the week, for definitely forbidden, Shabbos, the many years that were mekel. But there is no heter to wear Big Day Shabbos, big, new, new clothes on Shabbos. Even though it's Shabbos, there's no heter to wear new clothes. New clothes is a category unto itself. A other simchas, for example, of a mitzvah, or a pigeon up in, again, those who are directly involved, the father, etc., maybe even the grandparents, may wear big day Shabbos of a mitzvah, but for sure, can wear big day Shabbos, but many other people shouldn't be wearing big day Shabbos. There are some poskim who are makers and say that if you're going to a simcha that you would normally change and wear big day Shabbos, then you can wear big day Shabbos even in the nine days. But many poskim disagree with that. And that's, uh, if a situation does arise, you should give me a call and we will try and work out the situation for you. When it comes to Shabbos, you can put your Big Day Shabbos on as soon as you're ready for Shabbos. So Friday afternoon, when you're preparing for Shabbos, you can put on your Big Day Shabbos. You do not need to wait until a minute before Shabbos to get changed. And the same applies to Matsoi Shabbos. When it comes to Matsoi Shabbos, you do not need to remove your Shabbos clothes straight away because it's now weekday and it's nine days. You can carry on wearing your Big Day Shabbos until it's time for you to undress and get to go to sleep. Big Day Shabbos is only worn on Shabbos, but pre-Shabbos and post-Shabbos is still got the Shabbos flavor to it. It's still part of Shabbos, and therefore Big Day Shabbos can still be worn. We'll come back to the Matsoi Shabbos with regards to the halacha of eating Basaviyayim a little bit later as well. So that brings us to an end to the halachas of wearing Big Day Shabbos. Reasonably simple, you, you may not wear Big Day Shabbos during the week. For a simcha, the immediate people involved in the simcha may Broader Olam depends if they would normally or would not normally wear Big Day Shabbos, and even then, it's not so proper, it's, it's, it's not so straightforward. It's uh, given to a dispute and an argument in the Paskim. Shabbos is permitted for those who wear Big Day Shabbos and Shabbos is permitted. It's permitted before Shabbos and permitted after Shabbos until you change, ready to put your night clothes on. The next category, the category number two, is what we call the Maitin Babinyan Shalsimcha, to reduce the amount of building projects that are taking place within your home. So building shall simcha in, in simple terms is what we would call luxury building works. So a person having his house redone, his house is perfectly habitable and nothing wrong with it. It's not falling down. The ceilings are not falling in. It's nice. It's fine. But he just fancies to do it up. Or even if it's not so nice, he just fancies living in a nicer house. That's what we would call build binyan shall simcha. You're redecorating, rebuilding perhaps even, adding on extensions just to make your house look nicer. That's called a binyashal simcha, and that is 
something that has to be reduced, minimized in the nine days. If a person doesn't have where to live and they're building, building his house in in the nine days so that he has a place to live, that's fine. That's not called a binyash simcha. Every person needs to have a roof over his head. So building a home in order so that you can live is not a binyash simcha. And perhaps even if you're living in a home with a number of people, lots of children, and you need to extend because it's becoming very difficult to live in, in, in such a small confined space with so many members of the household, that may also be considered a binyan shel dira, not a binyan shel simcha, and that may be permitted as well. If a person has hired a building company to do building works for him, and he's it's contractual work, so he's paying them for the job, he's not paying them per hour, so by paying them for the job, he's now in a contract with them, what we call in the terminology of the Gemara, it's called kablonus, where he, the builders are being paid for the job and not for the, not per hour, then since you do not dictate to them when they should work, because it's kablonus, they can actually work whenever they want. Technically speaking, it's called them choosing to work in the nine days rather than you instructing them to work in the nine days. And then in that scenario, that would be, it would be permitted for them to continue the, the work in the nine days. So for example, somebody's having a house decorated, which we would normally consider a decoration as a binyash or simcha because you can live in the house pre-decoration as well as you can post-decoration. It just makes it more comfortable, makes it more enjoyable. That's called a binyash or simcha. If you've contracted out the decorating work to a company or to a private person, but it's contractual work and he wants to continue working through the nine days, then that will be permitted. We try, if we can, uh, persuade them not to for sure we should try and do that, but very often they have a very tight schedule. And if you, they don't continue the working, they don't continue the work in the nine days, they would end up, you would end up losing out and they may not come back for months. Then that's considered a, a Veda. That's considered something which is extremely inconvenient and was not obligated to push off work like that. But if you, if you can be mafiasum, you can appease them for, for something small in a way that you're not going to lose, then one should try and do that for sure uh, in the nine days, try and appease them. Any building which is a binyashal mitzvah, that's permitted. Any building works which is for the upkeep of the house. Now, what we mean by the upkeep, it means if a ceiling's fallen, falling down, if a wall is loose or something like that, if there's any element of danger or the house is not, not as, as steady and needs some works done to it, that's considered fine. That's called the dover over the dover hefsed because nobody wants a ceiling to fall in. Nobody wants a wall to fall down. Not even with regards to the danger of it, but even just purely for the, for the loss of money. And therefore one, it will be allowed to allow works to be taken place even in the nine days when, when that type of work is needed. Included in the halachas of Binyash Simcha, which is relevant more to, to the average person than the actual building works. The building work can be relevant to anybody, but not all of us are having building works done in the nine days, but where it is relevant is gardening. Gardening goes under the the, the, the category of binyan shal simcha. To do gardening is in certain in certain elements of gardening is considered part of binyan shal simcha. Up general upkeep is fine. Mowing the lawn and weeding the weeds so that the garden should stay neat that may be considered fine. That's not considered binyan shal simcha. But to plant plant plants plant flowers uh, trees etc. That's considered a binyan shall simcha and should be avoided in the nine days.
Moving on to the third category, which is the category of washing clothes, which is more relevant to most of us than building than building works. Washing clothes is something that Chazal said may not be done in the nine days. Just the concept of washing mustn't be done in the nine days. Washing seems to be something that distracts one from the Avelus from the morning of the Beis Hamikdash. It's all-encompassing. There's an element of joy to having clean clothes, to removing the dirt from clothes. It's, it's something which causes a person to be Messiah Das, to have his mind wander away from the Avelus. And one of the things that Chazal were very particular about in the nine days is that we shouldn't be Messiah Das from the Avelus. And as I mentioned to the men yesterday, Avelus does not mean to be depressed. That's not what the intention of Avelos is. In no situation does Avelos ever instruct a person to be depressed. A person may not be in a depressed mood. If a person is depressed, he's got to do whatever it takes, even on Tisha B'Av, to add to remove that state of depression. We know in the time of the Spanish Inquisition, when the, the Jews were expelled from Spain and they left on Tisha B'Av, so the, the Abarbanel instructed them to play music because the mood of a person needs to be positive wherever they find themselves, whatever the situation. That's not the concept of Avelis. But the concept of Avelis is not to, re- to allow one's mind to wander away from the enormity of the loss of the Beis Amikdash, and so that we should be able to implement what we can in the Golas that we find ourselves in to, to try and fill the void that the, Beis Amik, the destruction of the Beis Amikdash has brought into our lives. That's Avelis, the concept of thinking through and thinking about the loss of this base amygdosh, the so much spiritual loss that we had with the Choban Habayis. So washing is something that distracts us from that Avelus, and therefore Chazal said, well, may not wash in the nine days. Washing, our washing with the washing machine, washing with soap is considered washing, and therefore it's considered, is under the category of, of kibbutz, and may not be done in the nine days. Ironing is also under the category of kibbutz, of washing, and ironing is forbidden in the nine days as well. It's also forbidden to send your washing to a non-Jew because if it's forbidden for you, then it's forbidden for a non-Jew to do it on your behalf. That goes on the category of Amir La'akum. And we've been through the halachas of Amir La'akum with regards to Masech Tehilcha Shabbos. And we find it wherever there's an Issa for a person to do something on his own. In most cases, it is similarly forbidden for a person to instruct a non-Jew to do the malacha for you. So, so to here, to send it to a dry cleaners is forbidden. If you have a household help, it's forbidden for them to put on the washing machine on your behalf because that's Amir Akum. Amir Akum is awesome. If a person gave his clothes to a dry cleaners before the nine days, then the, the dry cleaner could have cleaned it whenever, before the nine days or in the nine days. There is no reason for you to instruct him not to do it in the nine days, as long as he has the ability and the time to do it before the nine days. If he then went and washed it in the nine days, that's his lookout, that's his choice, and you may even go pick it up in the nine days, because the, the halacha doesn't seem to tell us that there's a problem with Maris Ayan of picking up clothes from a dry cleaner in the nine days. Most people who see you will understand that you took it in there before the nine days, particularly nowadays where most dry cleaners take a few days for the clothes to be cleaned, uh, there's uh, less worry of Maris Ein. Included in the category under the banner of clothes is all different types of clothing, sheets, towels, tablecloths, all those types of things are under the banner of clothing and may not be washed in the nine days. Similarly, it's forbidden for a Jew who owns a dry cleaning company 
to wash clothes for a non-Jew in the nine days. The Mishnah Brewer is a little bit more lenient with regards to a Jew washing for, on behalf of a non-Jew. And he says, in, in, up until the week of Tishabov, until the Shavu Shechalbe Tishabov, there's room to be makele. In the Shavu Shechalbe, one should be more strict and one should try and, one should try and not wash non-Jews clothes for the non-Jew in, in the Shavu Shechalbe. If it's very clearly evident that these are non-Jewish clothes, which I think in, in our society is very difficult to find clothes which are clearly non-Jewish. Um, I wouldn't know what to describe as a non-Jewish clothes nowadays because even, even jeans and things like that, unfortunately or fortunately, are worn by, by from practicing Jews and therefore don't have the category of non-Jewish clothes. Uh, our clothing is very similar to, to non-Jewish clothing nowadays and therefore even, even that will be forbidden. But if you could find a piece of clothing that is clearly non-Jewish, then there's more heter for a Jew who owns a dry cleaning company to wash it on his behalf. And the same too is if a, a Jew who owns a dry cleaning company needs to wash weekly just to survive, just to earn the basic panasa to survive, what we call kadei chayov, the basic necessities for his daily living, then it would be permitted for him to wash even in the shvur shechalbe. Washing the tzayich mitzvah, so on behalf of uh, wearing white, uh, for, for a woman who's a nidda or any other sayyach mitzvah is permitted to wash so that one has the clothes that are needed the sayyach mitzvah. Washing children's clothes is much more complex. The Mechaba seems to suggest that children's clothes is also just the same way as it's also to wash adults' clothes. The Ramah is a little bit more lenient. Ashkenaz are a little bit more lenient than the Mechaba and the Ramah says that any clothes that the Ramah is talking about baby clothes particularly the clothes in those days when they didn't have pampers and the uh, the children would soil the clothes uh, in a way that perhaps nowadays is less common. The Ramah says that's permitted to be washed in the nine days. The Moshe Feinstein adds that any clothes at, for a child that will become soiled or dirty, so children who play, they play in the dirt and they play outside or even they're playing with crayons and, and or eating and they, they, they stain themselves to the point that the clothes are not able to be worn, then that child is... That child's clothes is allowed to be washed as well in the nine days. That's roughly around seven, eight, maybe nine. Very difficult to know exactly what age. The Chayadom is a little bit more makeable, and he allows you to wash clothes for all children up until the Shavu until the week that Tisha falls. And one can be, if necessary, makeable on the Chayadom. It doesn't give us a lot of extra time this year because the Shavu is quite a long week. When Tisha this year is falling on a Thursday, so from Shabbos until Thursday will be the Shavu Shechalboi. So it's quite a long week of Shavu Shechalboi. The hatter to wash for children is not just a blanket wash. You can't wash all clothes that you fancy. You only wash clothes that are needed for the nine days. So to somebody who doesn't have any clothes for Shabbos, that doesn't mean he doesn't have his nice Shabbos clothes, he doesn't have any clothes for Shabbos, can wash on Thursday or Friday in the Tzarech Shabbos, if he's able to ask a non-Jew, then he's better to ask a non-Jew because that way you, you've not done it yourself. Whenever one is permitted to wash, one has to wash in a quiet place. So nowadays we're washing our washing machine at home. Nobody would even know. That would be considered betzina. That would be considered behind closed doors. But in the olden days where they would wash in the river, so if somebody was washing in the nine days, they would have to find a spot in the river that was quiet where they wouldn't be seen by the passers-by. If a person is allowed to wash, for example, children's clothes, we do not allow them to add in adults' clothes into the same wash, uh, as we may, as some people may allow them in different times of the year when one is forbidden to wash. 
Because here the issue is to do the washing. One's only allowed to wash what's necessary. More than that is forbidden. And therefore even to just add to a run in the washing machine would be forbidden. Polished scuffed shoes, the poskim or makel, that does, doesn't go under the banner of kibbus of washing. In Yushalayim, for example, in many people in Yushalayim have a minig. It may even be called a minig Yushalayim if one can call something a minig Yushalayim nowadays. They have a minig not to wash the houses. I mean, not to clean the floors in the nine days. They consider cleaning and washing the floors as part of the category of kibbus. And you would find the day after Tishabov, Chatzois, suddenly all the sponges are taking place and the, the balconies are dripping with, with the sponge water that's been pushed through the, the, the holes to, to remove the water from the houses. Straight after then it would be a shower of dirty water coming down because for nine days they hadn't washed the floors and the uh, housewives in uh, Yushalayim are uh, particularly like to have the houses clean, the Yushalayim are housewives and therefore as soon as they get the first thing they can do, Matsi Tishabov, well not Matsi Tishabov, but uh, after Chatzois where they would clean out the house and the sponge of the floor. But we don't have that minig. It's not really a minig in Chutzlaritz, and uh, therefore anybody who doesn't have that minig doesn't have to take on a minig and can be made to clean their floors and wash the house for even in the nine days. Spot cleaning is a controversy in Halacha. If one needs to, one is better off spot cleaning than washing. If one has a piece of clothing that needs the the uh, Small spot of dirt to clean. One can clean it if necessary, because some of the paskim are mekel. Chaznish is quite machme, but the others are vosn and others are quite mekel. And therefore, if necessary, one can be mekel and rely on them to spot clean. Wearing clean clothes is category number four. As we discussed, category number four is wearing clean clothes. Wearing clean clothes may not be worn. Clean clothes may not be worn in the nine days. Even if it was washed before the nine days, one may not change one's clothes to fresh, clean clothes in the nine days. Included under the banner of fresh, clean clothes is fresh bedding. It's also not to, to not to be changed in the nine days. Unless somebody is a complete mafunak and cannot have the same bedding for nine days, then that person may may have a right to change because they change every single week. Uh, every, their bedding, there may be room for leniency, but ideally any type of changing of clothes to fresh clothes, and including that is, is, is bedding, should be avoided. For Shabbos, one may wear clean clothes. Like one is allowed to wear Shabbos clothes for Shabbos, one's allowed to wear washed clothes for Shabbos. So one can wear a fresh shirt, fresh uh, Shabbos suit if it's just been dry cleaned. That's not a problem if one is wearing it just for Shabbos. And again, for Shabbos means in the amount of time it, you need to get ready for Shabbos. If you get ready for Shabbos from Chatzos, then from Chatzos. If you get ready for Shabbos, uh, half an hour before Shabbos, then from half an hour before Shabbos. For Shabbos means when everyone is allowed to wear big day Shabbos, one's allowed to wear freshly laundered clothes, clothes as well. Which types of clothes, which category of clothes is under the banner of not wearing fresh clothes is a discussion in the Poskim. Some Poskim will tell you that all clothes, including underwear, is included in the banner of not wearing fresh clothes for the nine, in the nine days. But many Paschal tell us it's only what we call the primary clothes. Big day zea, clothes which are close to the, uh, to the, to the body and therefore are there just to absorb the sweat. Those are clothes that we change regularly and therefore are permitted to be changed in the nine days as well. So 
shirts, suits, trousers, skirts, jumpers, for sure go under the banner of not being allowed to be worn if they're freshly laundered. Freshly laundered means being washed in the washing machine or just come out of, uh, come out of a dry cleaner. These are all considered freshly laundered clothes and must not be worn in the nine days. But underwear can be, can be, we can be lenient and one can be made in underwear and allow yourself to wear fresh underwear in the nine days. And even those people who are makhbit, they do have the minig of not changing the underwear in the nine days, but if it disturbs them, then for sure they have a right to be makal and wear fresh underwear in the nine days. Fresh underwear means fresh underwear, fresh socks, etc. Those are all things which are permitted in the nine days with, without worrying about the issa of not wearing fresh clothes. Those who do not want to wear fresh clothes oh, in the scenarios when we're not able to wear, when we're not allowed to wear fresh clothes. So, for example, fresh shirts, fresh jumpers, fresh skirts, trousers, etc. And one's washed all, all one's shirts before the nine days and one's washed all one's trousers and one's skirts, etc. before the nine days. And in order to make sure that you have sufficient clothes for the nine days, which are wearable and will not be forbidden for you to wear because of this category of not wearing freshly laundered clothes, then what we need to do is we need to prepare those clothes before the nine days so that they're not considered fresh. And if they're not considered fresh, then we can wear them and change them in the nine days because you're allowed to change into non-fresh clothes. And for that, the post can tell us that if you wear clothes for roughly half an hour, that would be considered a piece of clothing that's not fresh anymore and you'll be allowed to change it in the nine days. So what we would do in the build up to the nine days, we would wear our shirts for half an hour here, an hour here, an hour there, keep changing so that we have sufficient change of shirts to enable us to change as many times as we need to from Rishvedish until the day after Tishabov. And the same when it comes to trousers and jumpers and skirts and all pieces of clothing that need to be worn and changed throughout the nine days. That's what we do. We prepare them. Now, we can prepare them on Shabbos as well, but one has to be very careful when one's preparing on Shabbos not to transgress the drabonon of being mechin mi Shabbos l'chol. So one, for example, can, can get up in the morning, put on a shop, put on a shirt, come back from shul, change the shirt to another shirt. Uh, after the meal, one goes to have a rest, take it off and change to another shirt, and then etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You can end up changing your shirts and preparing them for the days or the nine days following from Shabbos on Shabbos too. But what you may not do is say to your uh, spouse, say to somebody who else is in the house, I'm just going upstairs to change my shirt to prepare it for the nine days, because that itself is an isachana. To spell out that you're doing it for the weekday is itself an isachana, and therefore we must be careful. If one did not prepare for the nine days and does not have sufficient used clothes, and the only clothes that are left in the cupboard are washed clothes, then there's a number of ideas given by the Paschim to help you to what we would call unfreshen the fresh clothes. Uh, some people would put it on a dirty floor, well, not dirty in the sense of really dirty, but a floor that's not been cleaned, and or some people would put it on the floor and walk on it. Uh, others, Liashev, uh, uh, suggested this, you can put it in the dirty laundry basket for a short while. Uh, all that, all these ideas are methods that will take away the freshness of the clothes, take away the the enjoyment of wearing fresh clothes, and that way the enjoyment's not there, and therefore the issa of wearing fresh clothes in the nine days has been removed and been circumvented. Somebody who has guests coming for him in the nine days is allowed to put fresh linen on the bed. There's no chiv for a guest to wear somebody else's 
to lie on somebody else's dirty linen. That's not covered abris. We are perfectly permitted to make the bed with fresh linen. New clothes, of course, are forbidden. If fresh clothes are forbidden, then new clothes are forbidden. And even though we explained in the previous year that in the three weeks in the lead up to the Rishchidosh, from the Tainus until Rishchidosh, one is permitted to wear new clothes as long as there's no need for a Shechiona to be made. And perhaps even on Shabbos, where one can make a Shechiona, one may wear new clothes. That's only in the three weeks up until the nine days. But from the nine days on, just like one's forbidden to wear freshly laundered clothes, one's forbidden to wear new clothes as well. So new clothes, even if you bought them before the nine days, you bought them before the three weeks, may not be worn in the nine days at all. And then in order to get around that 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 problem of, of new clothes, preparing it before the nine days for half an hour won't be sufficient. Because for new clothes to be considered old, you need to wear them for a little bit longer than half an hour. The time frame which is mentioned, again, none of these are clear parameters which are black and white in the Shulchan Aruch, but these are suggestions, assuming this is the norm in society, that if one would wear it for half a day, that would be considered already old and, and the newness of it would be, would be removed, then one would be allowed to wear it in the nine days as well. Sewing garments. One may not sew garments in the nine days. So sewing is under the banner of buying new clothes. Buying new clothes and sewing new clothes are the same, under the same category. And the, the Yushalmi tells us that one is not, uh, the minig is not to sew at all when, or to spin, or to sew, or to prepare anything for sewing from when Rishchidosh Av arrives. And even to sew a piece of clothing that's not actually going to be completed in the nine days, you're only going to complete it post nine days, is also forbidden. It's the sewing, the process of sewing, which is forbidden. Rectifying, fixing a button or something small, which is which is uh, needs rectifying in a old piece of clothing, is permitted. But it does say that one should try and we should one should try and avoid sewing in the shavuot shachal betishabav. If I can do one's mending before, one's better off. Somebody who works in a factory, in a sewing factory, is allowed to sew even in the nine days because it's for them it's not sewing, it's just working, doing their daily work, and that would be fine. A tailor, a tailor can continue to do their work for clients, but preferably not in Shavu Shachal Betishavu. Small, uh, small f- m- mending work, as I said, we said before, is permitted. And that's, as long, if it's small, it's permitted even in the Shur Shechalboy. If it's a little bit larger, one should try and, 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 and minimize it. But tailor work, to work, working as a tailor is permitted because that's Panosa. If you can avoid the Shur Shechalboy, that's fine. We don't buy new clothes, as we mentioned before. However, sale items, if, it is a real sale, not a pretend sale, not just a pretext to go and buy. It's a real sale, and sale items that's considered a double offered. If it's something that you need and, it's, and you would like to have it, and without the if don't buy it now on the sale, you may not get it at that price. Then it's permitted to buy in the nine days as well. For children, if you really need to and you can't manage without, then you can buy clothes for the children as well. Chos and somebody's getting married straight after 
Tishabov and needs to buy clothes. That's just called the Tzorich Mitzvah. The Tzorich Mitzvah is something that one can do. Buying other items other than clothes should also be avoided. It should be minimized as much, minimized as, much as possible. We try to We try to be reduce the amount of buying we do in the nine days. And therefore, all other items should be, should be avoided. Items which are Give a person simcha, the halacha tells us, the early rabbi tells us, one shouldn't buy in the nine days at all, because it gives us a big simcha that we shouldn't be buying at all in the nine days. Uh, a big item would be a car, I don't know, a couch, uh, something, any item that gives a person simcha, one shouldn't buy in the nine days. Moving on to the seventh category, that's the halacha that we do not bathe in the nine days. We do not bathe in the nine days, in the whole nine days from Rosh Chodesh. That means from Tuesday evening, which is Rosh Chodesh, up until post Tishabov, We do not wash, bathe, any bathing which gives us pleasure. So a shower, a bath, all those are pleasurable activities for most people. And therefore, they must be, they are forbidden in the nine days. A cold bath, a cold shower, even without soap, it's still considered pleasurable and it's forbidden. Honov, Yodov, Raglov, his hands, his face, and his feet are permitted without soap and cold water. Honov, Yodov, Raglov means the hands up until the elbow, the feet up until the knee, and one's face, it can be cleaned with cold water or without soap. On air of Shabbos, the Shukhmarach tells us on Erev Shabbos that one's allowed to wash pan of yod of raglov with hot water, but not with soap, and then to wash one's, and to wash one's face, to wash one's hair with hot water, but not with shampoo. Which means therefore that there's not very much one can do. Pan of yod of raglov you can wash for Shabbos with soap, but the hair is without soap. So you, there's not much washing to be done even for Shabbos. The, Aruch HaShulchan writes, he writes a very, very uh, strong words with regards to the, the people who are makel on a Friday. He says, Many people disregard the halacha and they're disrespectful to this halacha of not washing on a Friday. And they wash themselves with hot water on a Friday. And they have this common refrain, those who wash every Erev Shabbos, like we do, are permitted to wash even Erev Shabbos Chazayin. But Asidin, he finishes off with a very harsh line, in the future they will be judged for bathing on a Friday. He is very, very strict that the halacha is clear, one's not allowed to wash oneself, have a mechitza shotanu on a Friday, you can wash ponov, yodov, raglov, and reshag with chamin, and that's it. However, there are some poskim who are more mekel nowadays, particularly in the warm countries where we, um, for knocking, we wash many times a week. Many people have showers every day, some people twice a day, some people every second day. We are for knocking, and therefore there are many, many poskim who are more mekel because they are for knocking to have a shower and air shower's chazoin. But for sure, it's a, a big bidyeved. If somebody struggles without showering, he can be mekel. It can be making like this poskim, but it's a bidi evad, and the ideal is to try and refrain from bathing a rechitza shultanu. Now, when we talk about not bathing, and I think this is very important for us to, to, to be clear, 
Not bathing does not mean walking around dirty or smelly. That's not what it means. Not bathing means not bathing a pleasurable bath. Now, if a person's sweaty and needs to wash his sweat points, for sure he's allowed to wash his sweat points. Not just for sure he's allowed to, he must. There's no obligation to walk around that everybody has to walk away from you in the nine days because you haven't bathed. No bathing means no pleasurable bathing. So you can't have a shower, you can't have a bath, but you can clean yourself to make sure that you're clean. And for sure, for Shabbos, you can make sure that you're clean as well. That's not the problem. That's not the point of discussion. The point of discussion is, can you have a full-blown shower? Can you have a full-blown bath? And those who are Mufunokin can often get away with just washing themselves the, the, the sweat points and the points that they feel unclean. They, they do not need to have a full shower. If we're such Mufunokin, we are really sensitive people that we must have a shower. Otherwise, we feel extremely, extremely unclean. That's when the Paschum are referring to that one can be makal if necessary. Children is not clean in Shofnach up until when they can wash, but for sure a child who's dirty, you, you can put them in a bath. And particularly if you're living in a hot environment or if it's uh, one of the hot weeks here in England uh, and uh, the children are struggling because they're sweaty, etc., then you can wash them in the nine days. Some dude does exercise in the nine days and therefore is very sweaty. Again, may wash the sweat. Can't have a pleasurable bath, but may wash the sweat off so that the, the, the body's clean. There's no chiv to be dirty in the nine days. These are difficult halachas to keep, but as the Shulchanach says, it's the, the mourning for the Beis HaMikdosh. The Beis HaMikdosh was something that we need to mourn and is well worth mourning, even if it means that we have to be a little bit troubled and in a little bit of discomfort for a few days. Well worth it. And the reward for that is that those who are misabled for the for Yerushalayim will be and that's something that's that the little bit of of inconvenience that we have to go through in the nine days by not bathing in the manner that we used to is well worth it because that, that will enable us to be zeichel to see the rebuilding of the Beis Hamikdash, including in the banner of rechitza. Sorry, excluding in the the, the category of rechitza is rechitza shel mikvah. So somebody needs to go to mikvah or, or go to mikvah itself. Uh, is something somebody who regularly goes to mikveh, a man who regularly goes to mikveh, is permitted to go in the nine days. That's not called rechitza, that's called rechitza shal mitzvah, and that's permitted. Swimming is called shaltanu. Swimming is forbidden in the nine days, unless it's really, 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 really necessary for the health of a person. Most people can avoid swimming for nine days without much detriment to the health, uh, and if it can be avoided, it should really be avoided. Cutting nails is permitted in the nine days. In the Shur Shechalbo, in the week of Tishabov, some people are more and say you shouldn't cut nails. If you can, you should be machme. If you can't, there's room to be makel. To cut your nails at Tzorich Mitzvah, for example, for Chatzitza, or if you're the, you have a nail which is causing you a bit of discomfort, that's fine, that's permitted, because that's not considered cutting nails for pleasure, that's considered cutting nails for a mitzvah or for a purpose, or for chatzitza, if a person has long nails and every time they watch Negevas, or if they're going to go to mikveh, the nails are not clean enough to be considered clean nails and not a chatzitza, then one doesn't have to cut them, so to make sure that there's no chashash chatzitza there at all. The eighth category, let's move into the, the eighth category, which is our last category, and that's the halachas of not eating meat and wine in the nine days. The reason why we may not eat meat and wine in the nine days is one of two reasons. The simple reason is because meat and wine bring simcha. Ein simcha. Elo, the boss of a yain. Boss of a yain is something that gives a person happiness. And therefore, in the nine days, we avoid it. 
The Gemara in Baba Basra tells us the story of Rabbi Shua, who saw that after the Chulban Beis Migdosh, the people refrained from eating meat and wine. They said, how can we partake of meat? How can we drink wine? These are the, the types of food that we fed the, the Mizbech with. That's the food that went onto the Mizbech as Korbonis, Bosov, Yain, Korbonis, and the Yain, which is the Yain Nesach, the Nesachim. And how can we take pleasure in partaking of foods that should have been in the base of Mikdosh and are now not in the base of Mikdosh? And Rabbi Shua responded to them and said, you mustn't do that. You must eat meat and wine because it's a It's not possible for us to refrain from meat and wine forever. And therefore, says the, the said Rabbi Shua, don't take on that minag. Don't take on this custom of not eating meat and wine. But that was referring to the rest of the year. The, the, when it comes to the nine days, when we really feel the Chorban of the base of Mikdosh, then that concept does come back into the fall. Well, how can we eat meat and wine when the Besamekdosh is destroyed and we can't bring carbonos? And therefore, in order to show that our feeling for the loss of the Besamekdosh, we refrain from meat and wine throughout the nine days. Meat and wine means all meat, all wine, chicken, grape juice, are all under the banner of meat and wine. A tafshil, a dish that was cooked together with meat, we also know not to eat in the nine days. But a dish that was cooked in a meaty pot, even though there's blears of meat there, there there's no minute to be machmir, there one's allowed to eat it in the nine days. Somebody who's unwell, even if it's a chaydish embrace sakana, and needs to eat meat to strengthen, he needs extra protein, and he can't get enough protein from fish or from cheese, then he's allowed to eat meat. Or somebody who struggles and with with meals in the nine days because they the, the milky or the parav is, is something they're allergic to, or they, they're not able to stomach, their stomach, the can't cope with milk and, and some of the power foods, then there's room to be lenient if necessary to eat chicken, not to eat meat, but to eat chicken. Uh, that's where we're more lenient if one really, really needs to. But if one can avoid it, one should. And if we can avoid the Shur Shechalbe, one should. If one can't avoid it, then up until three days before Tishabov, one can partake of chicken. But three days to chicken to Tishabov, one should try and avoid it as possible. Sudam of Sekes, for sure, one shouldn't be eating meat or chicken at all. That's a halacha. That's not just a minute. That's a halacha. Suda mafsekis mustn't be meat or, or, or chicken. A suda is mitzvah. A suda which is a mitzvah like a brismila, a pigeon aben, a bar mitzvah, a siyam. These are complicated halachas. And I don't really want to go through all the details of the halachas now, but if anybody is going to be partaking of a brismila or a pigeon aben or a siyam or a bar mitzvah in the nine days, Give me a call and I'll run through the, the halachas which are relevant for them. Uh, the, the Bali bris are definitely allowed to partake of the bris mila of a suda. Uh, ten people up until a minion may be able to partake. People who would always partake of, of a, of a, a meaty meal at, at the suda bris maybe, but these are different halachas in different categories depending on the days and when it takes place. Uh, bar mitzvah again, uh, pigeon aben, these are all difficult halachas. The siyum is even more complicated. In America, they were very making on siyumim in the camps and the historical in the camps. When the children would go to the camps for two months. The American children couldn't survive without their meat or without their steaks. And Moshe Feinstein was very makely. He allowed them to make a siyum every single day in the camp so that they could partake of a suda's mitzvah and that way they could eat meat. But the Mishnah Bura does make siyum very difficult. He says a siyum is only allowed to be um, had in the nine days and meat being given and eaten in the nine days if you didn't intentionally make a siyum. That means you, you, you arrived at the end of your masechta in the nine days just that so happens to be that you ended your masechta in the nine days. And every time you end the masechta, you make an equal-sized suda etc. And 
you invite only the people that would normally come to Yasuda. So there's a number of restrictions that Mishnah gives us when it comes to a seam, and therefore no one should just take this as a blanket heta to eat meat in the nine days. You know, we can finish a Mishnah in a day or two if you learn it very quickly, and you can end up having meat every single day of the nine days. According to the Chavetz Chaim, that would be completely and utterly wrong. Shabbos Chazoyin. On the Shabbos, it's all permitted. You can eat meat, you can eat wine. There's no restrictions on meat and wine on Shabbos. If a person is cooking for Shabbos and they need to taste the chicken soup to see if it's up to par, uh, see if it's the, the, the needs some extra, uh, extra ingredients added to it, one may taste the food, but one should spit it out, one shouldn't swallow it. Children who are eating Shabbos meals early, because like we have in this time of the year in this part of the world where Shabbos comes in quite late, so the time you settle down to your Shabbos meal, it can be nine after nine o'clock, and if you don't even later, it can be even later than that, and little children do not stay up. And many people have the minute to give their children a Shabbos meal before Shabbos comes in early on in the evening, uh, so they can at least have the feel of what it means to have a Shabbos meal. It's permitted to give them meat and give them chicken, give them chicken soup and wine. Wherever is needed, they can make Kiddush on their wine. Wherever is needed for them to feel it's a Shabbos Suda, because that's called a Shabbos Suda. We who make Shabbos early, by the time we come home, it's still Oid Hayom Gado, the day is still young, and uh, one is eating a Shabbos meal when it's still bright, broad daylight out, that's fine. Once and since, as long as you be Makabu Shabbos, it's permitted for you to eat meat and drink wine. There is no problem with that at all. And the same applies Matsoi Shabbos. If a person had a meaty meal for Sudash Lishes and he hadn't finished the Sudash Lishes into Matsoi Shabbos, he hasn't yet benched, that's considered still Shabbos. As, as, since it's Shabbos, Shabbos, you can partake of your meaty meal. But the moment you benched, it's now Matsoi Shabbos, and then we are Machma, we do not have meat afterwards. Though the Shari Chuba, Tells us a fascinating minute, which one or two Hasidim do keep, but the Shaitruv himself says one shouldn't, and he's quite strict with regards to this halacha. He says Shabbos food can be eaten after Shabbos, any time in the week after Shabbos, as long as it's still Shabbos food. So if you cooked a roll of meat for Shabbos and you ate a quarter of it, you can continue eating the rest because it's Shabbos meat. You can continue eating it throughout the week, <coughs> even in through the nine days. And though he himself is quite strict. And doesn't allow them to to re- actually uh, rely on that minic. Metzoy Shabbos, and let's finish off with this halacha. Metzoy Shabbos uh, for Habdallah. The, the remark tells us one should try and give the wine to a child. A child, of course, means a child who understands what brachas means, because we're machme not to make a bracha for a child who doesn't understand the concept of brachas, and it's then going to be a child who doesn't understand the concept of avelus. So machlekes exactly whether those two conditions are needed or not, but that would be the ideal type of child that you can give your wine to, which is roughly a child between somewhere around six or seven and till eight. Very, very, because once you're eight, nine, they begin to understand what it means to mourn a base amigdash. The concept of loss is something that some children from the age of eight or nine can already comprehend. Brachas from the age of five, six, they understand. So you don't have a huge window of, of age for a child to be considered a child who is in the Pasha, in the context of understanding brachas, but yet not yet reached the understanding of Avelis. And those children in this part of the world where Motta Shabbos is already late, 25 past 10, 20 past 10 is late, uh, should be in bed and fast asleep. And therefore, we don't always have an opportunity to give the wine to a child. And therefore, in Matzai Shabbos, one should drink the wine of oneself. You drink the wine, you drink a revere, it's no more. And 
you make a ala gefem, and you do not need to worry that you've drank wine in the nine days because you're, drink, you're drinking the wine at Tzoyach Mitzvah, let's Tzoyach Mehavdala, and it's perfectly permitted. It's well known that Biskirov and many other Gedolim would drink the wine on Tzoyach Shabbos or Havdala. That doesn't go under the category of drink, not drinking wine in the nine days. That brings us to the end of the eight categories of the halachas of the nine days, the Issa to wear Big Day Shabbos, the re- re- minimizing the amount of building works that are done. If it's building Shalsimcha, it's forbidden to wash clothes, forbidden to wear washed clothes, forbidden to sew new clothes, forbidden to buy new clothes, it's forbidden to, to wash oneself, and it's forbidden to eat meat and wine. Those are the parameters that we've discussed. The, the halachas should not be relevant this year, Bezra Hashem. Metz Hashem will be zeichot to see the Mishach Sidkeinu, the Binyan Ba'ash Lishi Bekorov, and that's what this is all about. We're all preparing ourselves and preparing the world for the next Binyan, for the third Beis Amikdosh, which will be here very soon. Be'ez Hashem, we won't need to keep our velas. On the contrary, the Moed of Tishabah will turn to a real Moed, the Moed of Yomtev, the Moed of, of Sosim Simcha, not the Moed of Avelos, but the Moed of Sosim Simcha. We'll be zeichot to see the Be'ez HaGov Bekorov, and here remain our main. And all of us, if we do have to keep these halachas, and we keep them they are inconvenient. They're meant to be inconvenient, but we keep them without trying to find loopholes and way outs and ways out of the of the halachas of Avelos. And we'll be zeichabez Hashem, all of us together, to walk together towards Mashiach Sidkenu and the Binyan Beis Hamikdash and benefit from the new Beis Hamikdash, the third Beis Hamikdash. Bekarev, we may have a very good night, and thank you very much for listening.